All right, welcome to Rip Through a Podcast. It is currently 7 a.m. on Wednesday morning, my day off, um, and my co-host somehow got me up this early. So uh, <laughs> this is just, um, as you know, it's a podcast. I'll just be speaking my mind on certain topics. Uh, we'll go from there. But just introduce my my co at the moment. We've got Sean Tobin from Exclusive Insight. Give us a rundown of uh, what's going on, mate. Yes, very good to be here, Mitchell. I know you reached out some months ago wanting to do this, so... Uh, excited. Thank you for getting up very early. I know that you're not usually uh, up on this time, on, on, on your day on off. Day I appreciate off. you waking up this early. Down um, from the Gold Coast? Down from the Gold Coast. Took me uh, 90 minutes, which is fantastic. I'm looking forward to doing that every week. Um, but no, no, that's okay. This is going to be the people. Is it the People's Podcast? Is people's that what Podcast, we're yeah. yeah. We've, got, we've got a few names. We've got, as it is, People's Podcast. <clears throat> it is what we want it to be, really. We can do what we want. 100%. No, thank you. Thank you for that plug. Exclusiveinsight.com. Yeah. Uh, Australian first-person newsroom for athletes started by myself uh, and Gary Ablett Jr. from the Geelong Football Club. So we're, uh, we've been very stoked to have got that off the ground and the support's been amazing so we're, we're good to be here yeah no welcome mate i appreciate you coming on um so pretty much today we're going to cover a few topics talk talk a little bit of shit um and we'll go from there but so you had a role at gold coast you were the media manager uh yes i was the media officer so shout out to josie and anthony from the brisbane lions media department uh very very good individuals very good operators uh yes absolutely looking after us today uh, yes, correct. I was at the Gold Coast Suns for five years. That's how Gary and I came to know each other and um, go on to exclusiveinsight.com. So uh, obviously I'm familiar knowing that you're with the Brisbane Lions, but I do hope the Gold Coast Suns win a fair few games of football as well this year. <laughs> and we hope not. So that's your team? <laughs> Who's your team? So you're Gary Ablett, he's your boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going down this week to, to uh, Geelong Collingwood on Friday night, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I, I do support the Geelong Football Club now, but of course I, I, I'm a supporter of the Gold Coast Suns as well. And I grew up into the Essendon family, so I'm uh, I'm I'm backing all horses at the moment. Dude, that's going to be battle of the midfields, the stacked midfields, Geelong and Collingwood. Jeez, oh, isn't that going to be fantastic this weekend? Shout out to their list manager and their um, accountants because that's a very very high roller <laughs> Rolls Royces. You got Hollywood Boulevard down there. That's a very expensive team. Oh mate, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, so. Um, so explain explain why we're doing this, Mitchell, because uh, I joked about this being the people's podcast, but we, we spoke about doing this for um, you know a number of months. Um, we're finally here. This is exciting. But explain explain to the people why we're doing this. Why you're doing this? Yeah, basically, it's just to you know bridge the gap between um, you know media and players. For me, it's a big thing. Um, obviously, with my with my past in AFL football, I've uh, been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons at times and. Obviously, good times. Played finals footy at my old club, Colton, and uh, ended up getting delisted from there and then picked up in Brisbane. Um, so I played 100 games at Colton, then came up here to Brizzy, and it was a silver lining. But in terms of just that, I, I studied sports journalism um, and really found a, a niche for myself to just you know bridge that gap between the, uh, I guess, the negative tagline that we have between me- media personnel and uh, players. So... That's the reason why I really want to start a podcast is just to go from there and talk about things that I know I can talk about and control my narrative because that's something that we really struggle with uh, with um, giving interviews and whatnot. So that's just one of the things. I guess the best thing about like exclusive insight that you've got with Gary Ablett, um, he knows a lot about that because he's been through a fair bit of controversy in his days at um, you know Gold Coast and was he going to go home to Geelong? Was he happy at you know the Gold Coast? Has his injuries? Yada yada yada. So. I guess for him starting the company Exclusive Insight, there's me looking inside from the outside that um, 
he can, they can players and athletes can control what they say nowadays. So they don't need to go to the big media outlets. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. And um, you know, post footy, I'd love to do some more media and video podcasts. And it's just really good for me in terms of that. Um, you know, to speak in my mind because. I had a couple of media bands back in my day. Um, I don't know, like Jack Higgins, he's one that can talk his yeah, mind and yeah, that's yeah. how acceptable they are these days because yeah, yeah. when I was talking, like, not so much like that, but in my <laughs> first couple of games, I said a couple of controversial things about Melbourne Footy Club, playing Bruce Free Footy, yada, yada. That's like things like that blow out of proportion and that's why they don't really like talking to the media too much. But in terms of podcasts and I can edit this down, talk what I want to talk about. So that's really what this is all about and... I oh, know. Just hopefully, you guys are enjoying the join the ride and how we go through it. So this will be a weekly thing, and um, that's yeah, that's about it. So speak on that though, real quick. Has the landscape changed significantly since I suppose you first came to the league? Because I'm probably the wrong person to be asking this. Obviously, I love the media. Uh, it's partly why Gary and I started a media company. Our second biggest supporters. Uh, for exclusive insight behind the athletes has been the media because we're trying to encourage storytelling from from national athletes and I know that you've studied sports journalism as well so you probably see it through the same lens as I but has the landscape changed significantly since you first came it's just one it's one of those things like you see articles that come out and they portray players as a certain thing and they don't really know them on a personal level that's something for me that I find really hard to deal with um like the media paint a picture of someone, that's what the public only see and that's how they perceive someone. So for me, I hate that. Um, I, I get comments all the time, like, oh, you're not actually like what you, you know, oh, the big day out fight and all this kind of stuff. Like you're not actually like yeah. what people think you are. And that's something that like, for me, I, I struggle with seeing other articles about certain players and what they're going through and a big ones, obviously Hogan at the moment, we'll touch on that in a, in a little bit, yeah. but there's similar things to that and how that's how the paths they take um really annoy me but has it changed i think it's getting better um there's certain people in the media who've you know just experienced the game a year or two years ago and they kind of come out with a negative approach towards um the game and they're wanting to be known type thing so without naming names i'm pretty sure everyone knows who they are but in terms of that it's just you're a player man like come on you know what we're going through like i know you're trying to sell papers and get headlines and clickbaits and stuff so it's yeah it's one of those things that um, media need to sell um, papers. Yeah, yeah. So the way they go about that is there's no accountability accountability for that. So, yeah, I think it's changing. For the, it's getting a lot better. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and we're probably um, we're probably quite blessed in the sense that. Uh, and shout out to, to to two gentlemen, Andrew Hamilton from the Career Mail and, and Michael Whiting, who you yeah. would know very well. Yeah, yeah, um, big, big Mitchell. Yeah. yeah, no, there's a that, that's the, the Queensland <laughs> yeah. media, and yeah. we've got and very good yeah. operators. Yeah, very they good are, operators. They are. So Hamilton. Um, he has he like kind of brings out the big articles, um, and we got Whiting, who's more like the AFL uh, respondent up here, correspondent up here, who talks a lot about you know tw- best twenty twos, um, reviews of games and stuff. Where Andrew Hamilton, he just speaks about like the big issues, and he gets a lot of in- inside information. Yeah. Back in the, the day, <laughs> back in the day, used to get some, but um, that's the culture we've got at the club now. It's um, within our four walls, and that's a massive thing for us that uh, we've um, happily built that at Brisbane Lions, and not much gets out where. Every club you know, usually has a leak somewhere, but um, that's something that's big in the AFL. But our club, personally, it's been one of the best I've seen in the AFL. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think on that, I mean, obviously, when I was working at the Gold Coast Suns in my media role, I mean, I, I probably approached it in the sense that I always just saw my role as a conduit. So I just wanted to 
further enhance the relationship between the media and the players. And hopefully, um, you know, we, we, I was able to do that. But um, you're right. I understand there is some disconnect. And, and that's partly why we're doing this as well, to lift the lid and have some really good discussions around, um, you know, some of the main talking points in the game, obviously, through your eyes as well. Yeah, 100%. And something that you'd probably have to deal with when you had your role at Gold Coast would be about the free agency stuff. Did you have to go through a bit of that and what... Like, I'm just trying to think, like, what players have come out, like, NRL do it best, but what players have come out, they wouldn't come out mid-season and talk, oh, you know, I'd love to go to this club next year. And there's a little bit in the media now with <clears throat> with Tim Kelly, um, not nominating, but saying the Fremantle's on the radar type thing. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, obviously, the, the Gold Coast Suns history is really well documented in terms of how free agency has impacted that football club. Um, you know, what I will say is there's some amazingly good people there. Um, they're led really strongly by Mark Evans, the CEO, who obviously came from the AFL. Tony Cochran's a, an incredible chairman. Uh, he is a very good chairman. Hopefully we can get him on the People's Podcast one day uh, very soon. I'm sure he's listening. Um, but uh, absolutely, I mean, free agency was, was massive. It's a massive talking point. I mean, you would agree as a player. Um, it's a massive media talking point. I think most players handle themselves really well though when it comes to that um i mean i'd love to know from from you as to how you think players actually approach free agency because there has been some talk and, and this is probably leads us to our first talking point in terms of how players actually approach free agency because it is really difficult in this day yeah and age. yeah it's it is, it is difficult for players to be be honest i don't think the afl and the the community of afl have the tools in place to be able to talk openly about your contract and where you're going next year. For, for starters, it's nothing like the NBA or Major League over in uh, America where everything's known public knowledge. So you can't talk about contracts, what they're earning and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of coming out and saying, yes, I would like to go back home next year, like no no one's really done that. And and you see like Tim Kelly, speak about him again, like he came out last year, wanted to get a trade, it didn't happen. And no one's really publicly come out and said, you know, they want to get a trade back home, then it doesn't go through. The clubs are really good in terms of if it's a genuine issue, you go back, they let you kind of try and get a good trade done um, and they get you back home. But I don't know how he would have been feeling like going back to the club would have been pretty tough for him. But <clears throat> what I've seen that he had an interview that, um, <clears throat> shit, he had a good interview that, you know, he's really happy to be back at the club. His family's happy. He's got three small children. His partner, Caitlin's really happy being back. So, in that aspect of things, I don't see players coming out anytime soon, but I think NRL do it best. Do it, when I say do it best, they're probably the only ones doing it in the land Yeah, yeah. That, that people actually care about. Like NBL, yeah. no one really cares like who's coming, who's going because it's the NBL. But NRL, think they, I think they can do a mid-season. They get a 10-day cooling off as well. I can't remember who the player was, but um, I think it was some Manly or Gold Coast Titans. He was talking Daly about... Daly Cherry Evans? That's it, yes. Daly Cherry Evans. So I think yes. that was a big one. He, he came out and said, yes, I'm going. And then did he... Back out on that? Uh, yes, yes. Well, I, I think the um, the 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 agreement um, hadn't been finalised and hadn't gone through, and there was an opportunity for him to, to stay at, at Manly, which was his preference, as, as we know. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like that, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put myself out there that I was going to go to the next club. Players know at when they want to go. Like it's not just something that happens in trade period. Like you don't just get like a two weeks unless you're the one being traded off the club's back. Um, you you know early days and when players come out and say oh you know it was a, oh, no, I wanted to play the whole season out and yada yada that's not true at all players know in their heads in their minds um, that they they want to go and that doesn't change the fact that they're going to play AFL to the highest standard like Tom Lynch he I think he was probably the biggest one that last year 
that everyone knew that he was going, but he hadn't said that he was going until later on. I think it was maybe he said it around off-season-ish, early off-season, maybe the last couple of rounds when he got injured maybe. So the public were up in arms about that, and that's something that I'm sure would have mentally taken a bit of toll on him, but he's at Richmond now. I think he might be playing round one this week. Uh, I think he's a chance. Yeah, I, I saw Dimmer the... come out. He got yeah. his... Gee, I saw Dimmer come out and say, if yeah. he wants to play and he's fit and ready, then he's going to play. Obviously, you have to go through the medicos and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. if he wants to play, it's right there for him. But that's that was the big one, I think. Um, I'm sure he knew early days that he was going to leave Gold Coast, and it was just a tough one for him because he was co-captain, um, and Gold Coast were you know getting kicked in the guts a little bit there. So... Yeah, players on early days, unless it's a last-minute trade and they see himself going to somewhere, then, yeah, I think I think everyone knows. Yeah, so so you mentioned the USA um, American sports, like the NBA, you, you mentioned in terms of how free agency works over there. Do you think a model like that would work better here for Australian sports, whereas the AFL, the NRL, let's maybe stick with the AFL, but do you think that's the way we move forward? Because I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think compensation picks happen in the NBA or it's a different type of... I don't think there's any compensation. I think it's just... A I think it's where you court. finish on the on the ladder, isn't it? Yeah, It's like yeah. you finish lower, you get a lottery pick type thing. So Correct. yeah. So, we get a better chance of getting that pick. Um, in terms of that being in Australia and AFL, and I think it's a tough one because players aren't... Yeah, as I said, players aren't going to come out. In the trade period, yeah, they have compensation picks. Like, you know, they, they mark you on, I think, your salary and they see the big gap you leave at the club and then they, that kind of goes towards what draft pick you get because um, in the trade now, you can do points, you can do future trades in, in our AFL draft. So there's a lot of different factors which which go into it um, when you're trading a player or a player comes out and wants to be traded. So um, list managers, they have a very, very tough job. Um, they're actually pretty smart people, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, uh, Dom Ambrosio. Dom Ambrosio, uh, yeah, 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 he's from one the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, one of the Gold great Coast. Yep. We got, um, one of the got, nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, yes. and we've got him, David Noble at our club. David Noble's an absolute superstar in terms of how his mind works like trust me he's one of the best yeah but um yeah so i don't, know, I don't see any players coming anytime soon saying that I'll, they want to play somewhere else next year the closest thing i've seen is tim kelly talking about Fremantle, which i didn't actually see his comment if he said that i want to play free i think it's just the what the media here we go the media have come out and said that um they're probably the top of the list so yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, just sticking on that really quick in terms of the, the media and the players, because I'm fascinated to know this. And again, maybe I'm the wrong person to be asking this. And, um, you know, obviously, just given the cl- close relationships that I have with the media and um, and our local journalists, we mentioned Andrew Hamilton and Michael Whiting and the f- number of fantastic reporters and journalists and presenters in Melbourne as well um, and across the game in other states. But from a player's perspective, it is... And again, maybe you're the wrong person to be asking this because you studied sports journalism as, yeah. as well. But um, do you see do you see it in a really good space? Because I do. I, I probably look at it and think, okay, well, um, you know, players are becoming more engaged with social media, which is in turn helping them share stories better, which is in turn helping them feel more comfortable when they're in front of a camera. Um, is that accurate, or, or do you still think that there's maybe some elements where? Um, you know, access could be better because we see in the NBA, and I spoke to a number of NBA teams um, about 18 months ago where um, it's just a, an open door policy. You know, media's um, media just is a frequent thing. It's not a one press conference a week. It's um, everyone's available at every day. I spoke to Joe Ingles from the Utah Jazz very recently. And, shout out to um, Joe Ingles. Shout out to Joe Ingles and Renee Ingles, two fantastic, fantastic people. The beast. Um, doing very well over in Utah at the moment. Yeah. 
Um, I would be too if I signed the amount of uh, the, the contract and the he's security that he got. He's doing very well for I'm himself. I'm playing AFL football. Yeah, no, it's not too late to change. Mum and dad. <laughs> I did play basketball when I was a junior, but I just get fouled out within five minutes. And we actually had a pickup game on Saturday. Um, I saw that. Yeah, with yeah. a few of the boys. It's, yeah. it's so much fun. It's yeah. good fitness. Um, yeah, uh, the few of the players are getting a bit filthy at me. I was a little bit physical, but I said it was prison rules and yeah. they just got to buy into it. But in terms of what you're saying, um, me, uh, 24-7 media access... Can you imagine one of our players talking like Kyrie, kind of Kyrie, Co- no, nah, Russell oh, Westbrook, the way he Westbrook, like, yeah, goes yeah, about yeah. his interviews, like, yeah, yeah. come on, bro. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I but do, do. you think fans would love yeah. that? Because I would love that. I would love if players I think felt so. more comfortable doing that. So, like, is, is it so, an issue? I think so, but what, what, else, what else access do you, like, do you want? What, what do they need? Like, that, like, they say they want more access to players, yada, yada. What, 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 they have to be more specific what they want, like... Do they want to come to my house and talk to me? Like, come on, it's my privacy of my own home. Um, they can come to my podcast room. This is in my house. We can yeah, chat yeah, here. Yeah, but yeah, 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 I don't yeah. understand what else we can do in terms of um, giving more access to media. I think if they want to talk to, say, if they want to talk to Jesse Hogan now, which wouldn't be great for his you know, mental psyche, is that, what they, is that what they want, more more access to that? Or that's where I'm confused in terms yeah. of what they want to talk to us about. Um, we get... We get we get media training. We get um, little bits of sheets before um, we have interviews to talk about some certain things that we want to talk about. Have a good message from the club um, and from the players' point of view. They don't want to go out and say anything too controversial for to you know bite them back in the ass. So in terms of that, you're probably still going to get the same stuff from the players. Like we're not going to be what they want us to be in terms of talking our own voice and opinion. That's what I was talking about the the gap between the media and the players. Like it's yeah. just not going to be like that. So. In terms of more media access, hey, go for it. Oh, does it doesn't bother me. Some players are more introverts. I'm an extrovert. I'd love to have more media. It doesn't bother me, especially up here in Brisbane. Yeah. If we can get more media, the better for our club. So yeah. So you'd open the doors. You'd absolutely open the come doors. Come in the front door. Out. My partner yeah. will cook you some food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah get you on yeah. the coffee machine. Does not yeah. bother me. But surely the players would get paid more, wouldn't they? Well, I think that's the argument, isn't it? Like I know, obviously, the NBA is a global sport, and the the revenue that comes from that is enormous which is why um, and it's media driven which is, i mean we, we we talk about i think outside of america the the highest consumption for the nba is over here in australia so um we see what the media landscape actually looks like for that sport yeah i find it interesting because when i was at the gold coast suns and it was unorthodox at the time and i think only a select number of clubs had done it but i made all 22 players available every week yeah. um and i found that you know, and and that was everyone from 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 Gary to, to Tom Lynch to Stephen May. Everyone everyone embraced it and everyone yeah. did it. And at first, yeah, there was a bit of pushback, but you you find that you you stop getting weekly requests because people speak to you last week. They got nothing to ask you. So in terms of that as well, but like, what media want to speak to a fringe player? Well, I, I unless actually it's a good, unless there's a good story behind them. Yeah, well, see, and this is probably where I, I have a different lens to it because I think that's where the best stories are at times, yeah. the the unknowns, yeah. um, the, because they're the ones often that have to work the hardest to earn their opportunities. Yeah. So you, you gain a little bit more of an insight. Now, I'm sure Gary won't mind me saying this, but uh, if he yeah, does, we can edit it. We can edit it. He, he just tried <laughs> to give me a buzz, so I will I will call you back. Damn right. it, my things uh, aren't working. Yeah, we put him on the we, phone. We, we could have thrown him online, but that's okay. We'll get him next week. Uh, we will get Gary on the show. But um, uh, I mean, I I, I I kind of felt like that was where the best stories came from. And, and to be honest, like you, you want to be able to profile and show 
that your football club is made up of more than just a handful of players. And often that means being able to learn more about the other players and, and really have 22 faces um, that people know every week, um, which I think is a challenge. And again, I'm not saying it's easy. I don't know the solution, but I just know that when we did it, uh, well, when I was at the football club, and I'm not too sure if they're still doing that now, but um, you know, the media loved it. And I think the players enjoyed it because they actually had a chance to actually build that relationship yeah. with a journalist as well. And it might even be that they, a journalist and a player don't actually do an interview, but they can just talk for 10 minutes Have and get chat. to know each other and share a coffee, yeah, which I yeah. thought was a good thing. Yeah, that's probably the thing that um, the more access that would be a certain thing, having a casual conversation, but making it a casual conversation is an, like another step. Like you've got to be able to have that trust with a journo. And we have really good um, uh, relationships with our journos up in Brisbane because we've got a select number. It's only like three to four max. Yeah. So obviously we have a good rapport with them. So in terms of that, I just see it, it being a long way off for having more media access. And what it is, the only thing that I would really say it's close to that is running Brian. Like that seems like a genuine thing. They're getting players after a game, yeah. having a genuine chat with them. Like even though it's meant to be have that, you know, the comedy spin-off type thing, but that's probably the closest thing to the NBA what you'd have. And it's got us, that's, that's, I reckon it's pretty cool running Brian. Like, I love it. I love it. I, like, I, like I, I think it's fantastic. It. Like, and it's organic. Yeah. It, it was yeah. authentic. Like he just did it one day and then it just took off. Yeah. Um, and I think players embrace it. You know, it's yeah, the yeah. happiest time of the yeah. week. I mean... Because it's always in the winner's room, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so hopefully that's the case you can on get Friday night. Roman Bryan BT uh, <laughs> point two, and he can go in the, in the loser's room and see how fun that is. But yeah. no, nah, I was off BT early days this just through his commentary and stuff, but I've actually really grown on him because he's a genuine bloke and he has a he has a good laugh in the you know his commentary is different and it makes this game like I want to watch the game because he's commentating sometimes so good on you BT but yeah as I, as as I'm saying like I, I don't see too much happening in that in that space um, if being honest players will want more money obviously for giving more access I don't know what that looks like I don't know what that more access is so yeah. it's a bit of a grayer at the moment um. I'm Paddy Dangerfield was one of our AFLPA delegates um, president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So president, yeah, president. So absolutely. he 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 actually has a lot of good opinions and he speaks his mind. He's probably one of the only players who comes out and talks what he wants to talk about yeah. um, in his own space. So no. But do, do you think because he is so accessible and transparent that media appreciate his access? Therefore, um, they uh, they I want that so, for everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because because I I think. You know, the journalists are so appreciative when they have a chance to have access to someone that you they never... I'm not saying it builds goodwill, but I think it does. Yeah, I think it absolutely 100%. does when you have a good relationship with a reporter and a journalist. And I, I, again, I just maybe that doesn't happen to the extent that I probably thought it did still in, in yeah. this day and age. But yeah, what, what needs to be done then? What needs to be done to improve that relationship or what what would you do if, if you could maybe suggest one suggestion um I think, what would you what would you take well i saw some crazy stat that there's about i don't know two two reporters or something to one player or maybe even more than that i saw like as crazy well, as back in the day there's just so many journos and there's so many different opinions out there they've got to fight with each other to get an article out yeah. so they're not necessarily looking for that casual conversation with players whereas up here we know that our like reporters pretty well. The, yeah, their trainings, we talk to them, and they do it really well that way. So obviously Brisbane's, you know, the demographics are a lot smaller than people care about in, in Victorian teams. There's eight teams down there, um, and there's extended amount of journos. So you're never going to have that personal relationship unless you're kind of a big dog like a Dangerfield who will speak to certain individuals all the time. Like he will see them because that they send the big dogs to the big, you know, the big players. So yeah. in terms of that. I think building the the close relationship with um, reporters makes it so much better. 
and you see some you see some um, you know negative articles out there and then you, you you see the name who wrote it or who was talking about it and then you see him later on and you have that opinion in your head like oh hang on they just talk shit about me why would I you know give yep. them yep. You know, so inside that information that happens yeah. all so that the happens time, so so players, so players if you write something bad yeah. about me I know the author I know who said it and next time I see him, I'm not going to call him out obviously to their face because you don't want to be in that probably write something else about you. But we're we we try and give you something. If we bite us in the ass, then they rem- they remember they remember that. Yeah. So that definitely happens. Like a lot of players, especially the big articles, like Lockie Neal's been copying it early days. Like every time he talks about um, the Brisbane Lions, they always refer back to Fremantle. Yeah, and he, like, put tweet, he, even, he put yeah. out a tweet, didn't he? He put out a tweet, didn't he? Yeah, you? so we saw that one. I'm not going to name the name, but I'll probably pop it up here, just there. Um, and then I kind of went to bat for him. I was like, no, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you know the unity of the group and and um, and how how we're going and role players in that team, yada yada. Then it suddenly got blown back onto that didn't happen to Fremantle. What's Fremantle doing wrong and all this? Like, there's got to be something there. It's like, no, there's not. Stop trying to blow out of context and um, make it something it's not. So that's just a little snippet of what what it's actually like but it happens a lot more than you think so players definitely remember the, who wrote it and that's what i'll do so i got my first sports journalism um degree yeah. so something that i'll be doing like i think the players who do it well like matthew richardson he bats a lot for the afl players especially his boys of richmond obviously but yeah. there's a few there's a few like media in that certain in fox footy who are genuine blokes like that you want to talk to and that you know i got your back because yeah. no mooney i always see mooney on on, on um game day sometimes especially up here i see him sometimes he's like oh robert how are you going like he's genuinely wants to talk to you and obviously Arthur lynch um he's another one who's ex-prison player but just i want to talk to him i know he wants to you know say good day probably too not just you know talk to you for the shit at the sake of it yeah yeah 100 and that's that's interesting because again i just assume and maybe it's because i'm coming from a different side of the the game in terms of working more closely with the media and I, I just I've got some really good um, I don't know if someone to say relationship but friends in the media I mean I love everything to do with the media my whole aspect in life and my mission is to try and help athletes um, and entertainers gain an appreciation for storytelling and interview processes so that when they do speak in front of a camera or on the mic like what we're doing or they're speaking to a, a newspaper journalist that they feel comfortable about being open and, and, and honest and um, it's interesting to hear that from a player's perspective you know that's I suppose what you're saying is is the mindset and the mentality that's that's starting to come through from the players and um, that's fantastic we're lifting the lid this is it we're lifting People's the lid podcast, on uh, this is the people's podcast this is why uh, this is why you're you're doing this which yeah. is fantastic so yeah. it's interesting though and i think a lot of people would gain some insight from that yeah awesome so uh i know there's another talking point that you're really keen to, to chat about um mitch in terms of uh i suppose the the discussion that that's continuing to be had around mental health um and i know the afl players association is doing a lot in this space um Shout out to, to them because they're doing some amazing work. And the game has really sort of had this discussion for a number of years now. And um, this was actually a topic that, that we obviously earmarked um, well before some of the talking points that came out this week. So I'm keen to ask you in terms of, I suppose, the the social topic that is mental health and discussions that are being had, um, what's your take in terms of, I suppose, just the education that continues to be around it? Because it seems like... So much has been done, which is fantastic. And as I said, the AFL Players Association are doing a number of different activities and, and programs in this space. But um, are we making good headway? Because I feel like we are. But but what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I think 
I think we are. I think we're talking about it more because it's a more of a talking point and players are actually coming out and speaking on it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's generally a thing how um, players can talk up and there's been so many campaigns over the past but just haven't really, you know, hit home with anybody. So, when players actually... Um, can come out and speak about it. it it's to me it seems like it's more acceptable yeah. um the thing you don't want happening is people just using it for certain reasons to look after their own like negative media or whatever it is so yeah. i think we, if you can differ, differentiate what it means to certain people then like we, we don't understand what mental health is sometimes i haven't experienced it to a degree um Anxiety and stuff, yes, um, especially in my early days in AFL. Yep. Um, you know, some if I brought up my diary, which I've kept since 2012, um, you'd see some things in there saying, look, I can't get out of my car this morning. I don't want to go into work, yada, yada. Yeah. So that um, happened. That, 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 that happens. That, it happens yeah. with like, it's a common it's a common thing for players to go through anxiety and it's a tough job. Like there's 44 blokes on a list usually and there's 22 playing every week. Some players are on the fringe, some players are like, Something that shocked me recently was Dustin Martin coming out saying, look, he won it all. He like had probably the best year in AFL history, apart from your boy Gaz. Um, he's come out and said, look, he really struggled last year. Um, we don't see that. Oh, probably his teammates don't see it, but inside his own head, like he'd be struggling probably mentally to come um, you get, get ready for every day of work and come to the club and get better every day. Like it's a thing. So it doesn't, like mental illness to me, like doesn't choose players, doesn't choose people. Like it's something that, um, it happens within yourself and you really struggle to deal with these things. But most clubs are employing welfare managers now. Um, I'm sure every club in the AFL have them. We have two. We just employed another one. Um, David Noble is massive on this in, um, in, our, in our club, um, in, our, in our organizations, not just the players, but the staff. Everyone's got avenues to go to. Um, I've seen a you know, psychiatrist since I've been traded up here. Yep. So, Favi, we've got a lovely lady at our club. We've been through a couple, but we've got one now who's really set in stone. But... You just can't, you, in the, this is for me, like in the media, you can't have a crack at a bloke. I know it might, what it might look like at the moment. Um, yeah. Players are coming out and we don't, we don't know what mental health is. It's so broad. Um, so on the Hogan one, it's clinical anxiety. Like to me, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I understand some feelings that go through that. But, um, you know, you see them talk about um, his alcohol consumption. Um, and he's not great at making decisions around that Saturday night. What happened? Um, what happened? Whatever happened, happened. But you got to understand, this bloke has had a big twelve months, massive man. twelve months, 12 uh, months and you man. wouldn't wish it on anyone. No. So his father passed away from cancer. Yes. He had testicular cancer himself. Yeah. Like he's had a rough twelve months. Um, he's had to go through this trade speculation. Um, we've seen him in pretty much every news publication, um, getting around. So. To be a be in his head would be very very tough at the moment. Um, so I look at I look at that and say my first analysis of that was like, oh, it's just drinking. He's you got in trouble now. He's claiming mental health. That's that's not the case. So you can't just write an article or you can't just have an opinion on something without understanding what it is. And Dane Beams for us was a big one last year. Um, obviously his father passed away, and we could see him struggling at the club. We could see it. So it's for us. It meant something to us, and we understood. We we started understanding what it was and what's it about. We don't have that access with other players. Like we don't know what they're yeah, going through. Yeah. So, so talk about Dane Beans then. So, 
I understand, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, he stepped down as, as captain, yeah. I think, midway through the year because yeah. of the struggles that he was going through. So so you could see as a teammate and as a friend of, of Dane's um, what he was, was going through, I suppose, and learning about the struggles that really impact players. Dane Beams is a, is a, is a strong human being. Um, him and his brother Clay both were interested in the same thing. With Clay, he handled it a lot better than Dane. Dane struggled with the fact that he's, you know, his old man was going to pass away, and um, we could we could see that with him. But the best thing for Dane is he came out and told us that he's been struggling. So he got up in front of the whole group and spoke about it, which was moving. Um, it was shattering at the same time, and we were all there for him. So that, yeah. in a way, yeah, he stepped down from captain. Zorka came up. Zorka was great in that role. Um, Dane still went out every week and played his heart out every game. Um, and in the end, he wanted to get traded. That's why, as a players, we didn't care that he wanted to get traded because we understood what he was going through and for him to go back to Melbourne was a big thing for him and everyone backed him. Um, yes, he would love Dane Beams at a club this year uh, as a player. but It's we, bigger we, than football. Man, it's way bigger than football. This is yeah. a job for us. Like This yeah. isn't like this isn't our, like, our passion, our love. Some players, yes. Some players, it's a good job and it pays very, very well. So yeah. for him to go back to Melbourne wasn't money-based. He would have earned that money here. It was about him going back to be with some family and um, that, that was his decision. So we backed him 100%. But yeah, there's been players coming out recently talking about mental health and I think the general public want to know more about that. Is it illicit drugs stuff as well? We don't understand fully about the... Um, you can, well, we do. You can come out once to the, um, to the illicit drugs policy and say, yes, I could have been spiked. I might have taken one. That's a, you get a free pass on that. A free pass, but then you get like more counselling and stuff around that subject. Yeah. Um, I think two strikes is four match ban and they... And they um, release it publicly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we had to. So every player goes through um, a quiz. So yesterday I had to do a quiz before I went about forty minutes um, yeah. talking about. It talks about illicit drugs, anti-doping, um, the big topics and stuff. And you have to pass the test to go on to the next one. So um, it gives you twenty minutes of information. Then you have a test with about 20, 10 questions. So every player understands what it's, what it is. It's um, it's but it's all up here, honestly. Like. Yep. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But I can understand media outlets having the frustration not knowing what is actually going on where, as you just said before, it's bigger than bigger than AFL. Like, uh, so, yeah. And Dane's probably a really good example. He's a really good example and he, he's handled it very well um, and he's playing some good footy on Collingwood. Um, so I think he'll play this, they've played Friday as Geelong, you said? Uh, yes, yes they do. I think they're at the MCG on Friday Night Football. So first Friday Night game of the year. But yeah, it's one of those things that... Um, you can't, you can't, it's hard to comment on. Um, it's a touchy subject and I think people think that it's being used in, you know, negative ways that they can get out of stuff or whatever. Um, you know, how can he come back to training in a week's time after he's come out and see he's got mental, mental illness problems and stuff. So everyone reacts to it differently. Um, it's still a thing that everyone's learning about. So, yeah. And I think you nailed it there. Everyone handles situations differently. Um, you, you mentioned before Clay handled... Um, a lot better, a lot better than, than than Dane. Um, you know, just accepting the the what what was happening, and um, it, it is hard to put you know yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah. I mean, and as I said, I, I mean, you could probably do that better than I could, but um, you know, hearing you say that, you know, it does really drive home how difficult it is. You know, for for players, it's a stressful to job, a, man. It's yeah. very like you're publicly on show every weekend. Like, can you imagine yeah. like getting a review every day, possibly on your job, like? 
Oh, I wouldn't. F- I wouldn't enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh yeah, but like it's it's <laughs> yeah, man, like it's tough. And like this is my eleventh year in the job, and it doesn't get any easier. Um, yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Obviously, this year, um, you know, I've probably cemented a spot in the team, um, in the AFL. But back in the days when I was on the fringe players at the Colton list, like it was just tough, 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 tough. So I was drafted as a as a midfielder. I was playing forward, and I was trying to get a game versus Eddie Betts, Chris Yaron, Jeff Garlett like pure forward talent and I wasn't getting picked for that spot so I you know I could have been a midfielder but you had Chris Jard, Andrew Carrazzo, Mark Murphy, Bryce Gibbs, stacked yeah. teams man so yeah, yeah, I was yeah. always like Good under luck. pressure always under pressure <laughs> so getting dropped coming back up getting dropped like getting drops is the biggest kick in the guts yeah. How, yeah whatever way you look at it some people take it differently yeah I'm going to prove him wrong yada yada but like Man, it's a tough job. Yeah, we might talk about that a little bit more next week on the People's Podcast. Uh, absolutely, give a bit of an insight into into reviews and, and evaluation. Because you're right. I mean, you're you're in a role where every Monday you're walking in, um, shitting the bed. Yeah, like, not, what no, did I do yeah. in the game? Like, yeah, it's it's a cultural thing. Like, you cut the heads off in the in, when you're watching the footage. It's a it's a cut the heads off thing, and you're just watching what the player did, not who it is. That's something that Chris Fagan's really good at. He he deliberates our our reviews really well, and every player knows that it's to get you better. Yep. So he's not allowed to spray blokes, but it's it's just how it's run. Um, every coach has a different way they go about it, but Fagan's, in my opinion, is like I've had him what five coaches, I reckon. He's probably done it the best. Yeah, wow. reviews, and yep. he's a teacher by trade, so he knows how to talk to players. Yeah, I was going to mention that he is a teacher. He teaches it. That's yeah. the thing they're going for these days. A lot of coaches with a teaching background because. Our average age last year was 21. It might have jumped um, with the inclusion of Hodgie, who's like 40 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it would have changed the numbers. It changed the numbers around a little bit. But um, most of our coaches have teaching backgrounds and they know how to speak to players and our young group. So they're getting the best out of us. And like you can see the results. Like we're starting to slowly improve every every year and uh, every game that we play in. So, um, so all the coaches out there want to want to get picked up in the future, get your teaching degree. Teaching degree. There it is. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Right, and I think uh, maybe the last one we had, Mitchell, was um, the April Women's Competition, which is in its third year, amazingly yeah. well. When are they, um, they, they going to stop doing the AFLW 3.0, 2.0? Were they going to keep doing that, uh, 4.0 next year? Well, it's like Q Clash 15 now, isn't it? Is that, is yeah. that, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's like, like every Q season, <laughs> they're letting us know how many seasons have done. Yeah, 100%. It, it has, um, I'll tell you what, and I'll, I'll, I'll Again, maybe I'm the wrong person to be asking this because at no, Exclusive Insight, right we uh, yeah, well, thank you. I mean, the right person. Yeah, well, we, we think we're the right people. That's why we're doing this. But um, I mean, we, we, I've had the pleasure of working with so many different AFL women's players for, um, since the start of the season um, through Exclusive Insight. Um, we uh, have really enjoyed hearing about and working with the girls on being able to help them publish their own stories. And oh, I love it. I love everything about the AFL women's competition. Like, how have you seen it? There, there's probably been there probably needs to be some tweaks, I think, in terms yeah, of the, uh, the the actual conferences, which uh, I know you're very keen to talk about. But uh, you thought it was a good idea. You thought the conferences was a good... As did I. I thought yeah. it was going to work. I wrote an article for Fox Footy about um, conferences and uh, like wildcard entries to finals and stuff. And I thought, yeah, that's going to be glory days. But this one obviously hasn't worked um, in terms of the AFLWs, uh, the way the ladder is. So I got two conferences right. Um, I think top two from each conference go through the finals. Yep, correct. So I think Kangaroos might have finished third with more wins than the other conference, the top of the other conference, correct. and they didn't make finals. So I don't know how you fix that. Have a wild card game where they probably play the next person who might have the most wins. I'm not too sure, but that hasn't worked. It's it's not that's not 
what you really want to happen. Um, I think they're expanding four more teams next year as well. I think so, they are. Yeah, they are. So yeah, that's a absolutely. big thing for the competition. Is that going to be another conference? You don't know. They're just adding to what they've got already. But um, games this year have actually been pretty good in terms of scoring. Um, the, the quality rules, has been amazing. I think the, it's the been, skill the, the, is... You can tell they're getting better every yes, year. Yes, mate. In terms of skill. Absolutely. Um, there's still some things they can tweak with, obviously, but... The rule that I thought helped them out a lot was when they bring in the um, band of throwing in. Uh, they bring it fair and it opens up the corridor. Players can move freely through there. So, um, yeah, I, I see it doing very well um, in terms of the conferences. I think it hasn't worked. They're going to obviously visit that and see what they can do better. But um, in terms of that, it's kind of shocking that it, <laughs> that that's happening. But um, obviously the Lions girls got knocked out unfortunately on Sunday so they're out of it so they've been the last two grand finals and then uh, didn't make it this year so um, the expansion of teams I was obviously going to take away a lot of the talent and teams already um, you know Kangaroos kind of had a stacked team this year they've taken it from a few salary cap stuff's obviously going to keep probably going up I'd say or maybe I think it's staying the same next year but it will eventually go up um, when they get more games in but yeah I think it's, uh, it's a work in progress it's uh oh it's fantastic I I love everything about the AFL women's competition um it'd go for 22 weeks if I had my way um I'm sure hopefully one day we'll get there um but uh mate, grand I final think, this weekend yeah 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 absolutely so well, no no weekend? no pre- preliminary preliminary, no, pre- so pre- preliminary next, this week. I think it's next Sunday Abs- so they had a Sunday game Sunday like, could game. have had it probably on a Saturday which would have been really yeah better. yeah it will be interesting and and that might be something that they revisit um. Uh, I suppose, yeah, in, in the time slots and what have you. But I'll, I'll remember, I mean, the, the game, the first grand final between Adelaide and Brisbane at um, Metricon Stadium, yeah. one of the greatest games of football I've seen at that stadium. And obviously worked there for five, six years. I mean, it was an unbelievable venue. I think we had 17,000 people in there and it sounded like there was 50,000. You know what would have um, been better? What's that? If it was a, the Gabba? Oh yeah, oh, come well, on, man. I don't know. But that's a home game for us. Yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, selfishly bus, that bus drive, yeah. our bus drive, man. You back it sore. Self- on, selfishly, I don't know. I, uh, I, I thought it was one of the best games ever at Michigan Stadium. Oh, it's still so, a good game. Yeah, um, like we only just lost, but in terms of where it was meant to be. Yeah, that was the Ashes, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't that because of the, the Ashes? The turf. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Turf. I forgot about that. I forgot we about only that. just got on it for round one. It was like yeah. massive complications. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. But that might be a talking point. Speaking of that, we're finally training together Thursday night. Finally, first time on the ground, Thursday night. We've got West Coast on Saturday night, so we'll get a run on Thursday well, on the ground. All, all summer. This is Never the... trained on it. We've, we've trained at six different venues all pre-season. Wow. So, yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've, been, we've been around the traps, but finally training on the Gabba on Thursday night, so the boys are pumped for oh, that. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you'll be looking forward to that, no oh, doubt. Yeah. How Absolutely. long have we been going for? I think we've been going for... Uh... Over 30 minutes, so well, I, I'm not too sure actually in terms of the time. I actually just made that up, but I think I think that's our first. I think that's our first app. Mitch done uh, yeah. the People's Podcast. We're working on a name. We'll call it the People's name. Podcast for the time being. If you have any questions, um, go to at Rip Through It on Instagram. Um, just comment on one of the photos on when this goes up. We'll have a link on there. You can go to Exclusive Insight website where it's going to be embedded. Yes, correct. Absolutely. So it'll be on ExclusiveInsight.com. Uh, Gary uh, is very much looking forward to the first episode and, and we're keen to, to share this out to the, uh, to the Australian sports landscape. And we'll get the little master on here soon, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lock it in. It will happen. I guarantee it. He's, he, right. said he's, he said he's called me halfway through. Uh, he called me halfway through, but uh, he will be on. i got some stories about Gary, sure. got me tagging Gary Ablett too. He's got a couple of good stories in there. All right. Well, we're, well, we're looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No worries. Thanks for stopping by, mate. Appreciate it. Now I've got to drop my kids at school, so you got to go. Soon. All right. Let's go. Leave All it. Right. See you next week.